Welcome to Gather In, where you'll hear stories of conversion to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you have an interesting story to tell, please go to our Instagram page or send us an email to gatherin at proton.me. I'm your host, Murray Seth. Just waiting for our special guest this morning, a young man by the name of Mohonrai Etru. And uh, Mohonrai will be joining us in a minute. Oh, he has just joined, and you'll uh, uh, send a request to join in a minute, won't you, Mohonrai? Um, so, Mohonrai is a young man who I've met here in Cairns. Uh, he returned home recently from studying for four years at uh, Brigham Young University at the Hawaii campus. And uh, since Mohanrai's been back, we've uh, had some nice get-togethers with his family who uh, had a big welcome home breakfast for him, which was just fantastic. That was the first day we, we met Mohanrai. And uh, so he's really been a, you know, a great uplift to the uh, general um, atmosphere of the church here in uh, here in Cairns so it's been great to have him home uh, mature young adult uh, in the church and uh, it's been great to have him here so I'm just gonna click uh, his request to join right now and okay, okay. Yep. well wel- welcome back my honor <laughs> we um, we had a little chat. Well, we've had a few little chats, Mahonrai, and you have the privilege. We have the privilege of you, having you on the uh, on the live broadcast this morning, which will be saved and then uploaded to various other platforms. But you're the first person that we've actually had on this podcast um, that has grown up in the church. Uh, the aim of our podcast is to. Uh, provide conversion stories for people, so people <laughs> stories from converts who have come into the church, um, and and they would have a unique story to tell. Uh, but you're the first person that we've interviewed who has actually grown up in the church, so people might think I've sort of gone outside my stated objective in interviewing converts, but I believe that we're all converts to the church. If we've stayed in the church, if you've grown up in the church and you know, you've know you stayed in the church as you have and served faithfully and are still serving faithfully, you at some stage have become converted to the church, correct? Yeah. So that's what we want to explore today. That's what we want to explore. So what I'd like to, what, what I'd like to do, well, I'm not to start with it, is just go back to the start. Go back to the start. Possibly, possibly discuss your ethnic background, where, where your parents are from, uh, and and I'm guessing you were born here in Cairns. Is that correct? Or I know, although I know your family's travelled around quite a bit. Yeah. No. Good. Great question. Um, so I'm a bit of a mix. Uh, my my mum, she was born and raised here. Her parents. She has one. Uh, her her dad is from England from Cheshire in England, <clears throat> and her mother is from the Torres Strait Islands. Uh, okay. they're, they're counted as an indigenous people here in Australia, so, yeah. And then my dad's side, uh, he was born in New Zealand and raised, but all of his family 
mum and dad is from Samoa. Um, Savai okay. in Nassau and Muli Fanua in uh, Upolu. So, uh, can we call you a bit of a fruit salad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> a tropical yeah. fruit salad. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Made here in Australia, so. Yeah, Australian made, made in Australia. But, uh, ingredients from all around the world. That's great. That's great. And look, that's that's not unusual here in Cairns, is it? You know, there's lots of people uh, of that background, both at, both at church and in the broader community. Yeah. Yep. So, you were born here in Cairns? I was born in Cairns. Um, I spent most of my life in this area, not in Cairns specifically, but I, uh, I was born and raised in Cairns until I was about maybe, I want to say, six? Seven, yeah. Six? Seven. Yeah. And we moved around from there. My life just kind of yeah. ended up. You spent some time living up in uh, up on Thursday Island. Where, where I did. Your dad worked, I did. Your dad worked up there. Yeah, yeah. My, so my dad was a teacher. Um, we moved a lot for his work, for his uh, education, and also for church callings. So we went up yeah. to the islands for his work. Um, yeah. He was a student in teaching. Uh, JCU, and he did a prac over in the islands, and so we went up there, and uh, it was good. Got to spend some time with family over there in uh, the Torres Strait Islands and Thursday Island, or White Bend, as they say in the traditional language. Okay, so for those who don't know, Thursday Island is right up the very tip of the pointy bit of Australia. <clears throat> yeah. Torres Strait. So, yeah, that would have been interesting. Plus, I think you lived down at Innisfail for a while while your dad was branch president down there with the church. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he was called to be branch president over there, and uh, it made it, it meant that all our whole family had to get up and move down there. So, um, I was about I was in the tenth grade when that happened. So, going into my senior year, and uh, moved again. Okay. So that, that was a, a pretty big commitment on the part of your parents. Uh, so they're, they're obviously, and I know them well, they're very faithful Latter-day Saints. They're very faithful yeah. Latter-day Saints. So, so you've, and you're the oldest son, correct? What was that? Oldest time? child. You're the, you're the oldest child, oldest son. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, so you, you've been raised in a very faithful Latter-day Saint family, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Your your mother's currently the Relief Society president in the branch branch one here in Cairns, and your dad's in the district presidency, councillor in the district presidency. So we're talking about a very faithful Latter Day Saint family with lots of kids. How many younger brothers and sisters do you have? Six. Six. Yeah. So there's six siblings all up, including you, or you're. No. So there's six younger ones. Um, three girls, three boys. One girl passed away when, when she was born, but um, oh, really? as my younger sister likes to say, um, there's seven of us in the family, so we always include her yeah. Um, yeah. as well. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. hey, so look, just tell me, or tell everyone, tell us about life growing up as a, as a young Latter-day Saint, in a, in a devout Latter-day Saint family, 
tell us about it. Tell you, okay, yeah. So tell you about like just growing up in the church. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So in how? Yeah. So perhaps focusing a little bit more on how how your family's faith, both at church and at home, has influenced the develop the <laughs> development of your family. That's a great question. Um, where to begin? Uh, I think. It's just, I guess, strengthened uh, my own moral compass <clears throat> in knowing for myself what's good and bad. Um, yeah. yeah. I think uh, being in the church over here in the far north, far north Queensland, there's barely any members. So yeah. you go to school, you go, you go out of your home, and you see how the world operates without the gospel. You come into your home. And you get to you get a sense of what it feels like to be a part of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I think that difference helped me to decipher as from a young age, okay, this 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 is uh, wrong, this is right, and it, it was a little bit easier, um, I guess, for certain things. So um, I guess um, to the development of our family. Um, definitely strengthened us, unified us a lot, um, but it's also helped us to reach out more. I don't know, I think a lot of our lives have been spent um, learning and trying to um, take the good that we have and just give it wherever we are, no matter if we're, you know, Innisfail, Thursday Island, Cairns, Townsville, doesn't matter where we go. It's always being able to uphold that same moral value and try yeah. to. I mean, we're not yeah. perfect. No yeah. one's perfect. And, yeah. you know, every family has their struggles. But I think just having the gospel gives you that sense of, okay, if I'm off track, this is where I need to go. And if I'm on the track, then keep going and things will work out. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so um, you're the oldest son, so, oldest son, so I, I guess you're Parents have always hoped that uh, as the oldest child, uh, the younger children would look up to you. Was that something that was sort of instilled in you or did it just come naturally to you? How would you describe that? Well, I'm the oldest grandchild. Or I'm around the oldest grandchild. Like I was always looked to as, oh, I'm, you know, on my grandma's side, on both sides actually, my dad and my mom's side, I'm, I'm the oldest grandchild. So. Okay. Um, you know, I always get the. It's a, it's a bit of pressure. I won't lie. Like, um, but, but it just came natural. I think when you yeah. when you live with with yeah. the, with the parents, the uncles, and the people that you have around you, because they lead by example. I think so. Just seeing, I guess, it wasn't that hard in the sense that that's just how you had to. That's just how you live. Like you know, you just. You gotta go do the dishes. You gotta go clean your room. Like, go out, work hard, and you know, treat people with respect. All that stuff was kind of just taught in the home, and also just put on display through my uncles, aunties, yeah, um, great grandmother. She's a big influence in my life. So, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. 
And then the missionaries, you guys are cool too. So you guys help me to remember what I need to remember. Okay, so, so I'm guessing over the years, you know, I'm pretty sure your dad's a returned missionary. I don't know about your mum. Did she serve the mission too? No, she didn't. She didn't. She, I think she had me instead. <laughs> that was her mission, yeah. mate. That was never her be, mission. Trying to ne never to be, never be released. <laughs> never to be. I'm still, yep, still here. So, so, so um, um, growing growing up in Cairns, you would have just gone through primary school and high school like uh, all the other kids in Cairns. Did you notice when you were growing up, going to school, associating with everyone? Did you notice yeah. uh, that perhaps your family was different to other families? You as an individual were different to the kids around you? For sure. Yep, definitely. Um, I was that one kid that always went to church. I was that one kid that always went to mutual. I was that one kid that always uh, was hanging around these random guys with white shirts and ties. Like, you know, so you, you do stuff. Stand out. You are a little bit different because of the things that you do. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. you know, don't swear, don't drink, don't smoke. Um, and so obviously, you know, while other kids are looking at getting interested in drinking and oh, I like party. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? I'm like, no, I don't really. It's not my thing. So yeah, I could, I could feel that from a very young age. Just because of the types of conversations, the um, you know, it's. I think that was the main thing. Just types of conversations that you have with friends, and they have with each other, and the way that they would communicate. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, from yeah. a young age, I felt that difference in schools. I was the only member uh, for most of my life, uh, and if there were other members, it would either be a cousin or two, or one other member that wasn't that. In, in, you know, yeah. You're talking about at, at your school, at whatever school you're at. Yeah, what, like for most of my schooling, I was pretty much yeah. any member, or I'd have my cousins there, and or yeah, just it, it was very scarce over here as far as members in schools when I was growing. Were you were you picked on, bullied, respected? How how did the other uh, kids at school sort of react to you? Um. I think, you know, I don't know, I think it depends on how strong you stand, like I think for me at least um, he had, I, I feel like there was more respect than no respect um, just because of you know just how, I guess, committed I was to doing what I felt like was right, I guess. Yeah. People might mock here and there, you know, but it was it was always more respect than anything else. So. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so as you're growing up, you know, look, oftentimes going through teenage years is uh, a difficult time for, for people growing up. You're starting to um, explore your own character and develop your own personality and, and uh, fitting in with everyone. Did you, did you have any 
difficult time through your teenage years, perhaps with, uh, you know, questioning why you were the way you were, why your family was different? Hmm, that's, uh, let me, let me. it wasn't that long ago, so it shouldn't be that hard to think about, <laughs> but, uh, um, not really, um, obviously, I think a lot more of my questioning has come up now my YSA days, but as a teenager, I felt like I was still pretty um, safeguarded. Um, There's a lot of missionary work going on when I was a teenager. We were baptizing a lot of our friends. Um, yeah. yeah. We were doing a lot of different activities. It was a fun time. Like, thanks to our parents again and the leaders, like, we, we were doing a lot of, we were going down to Sydney for temple trips. We were you know, fundraising together, we were um, doing dances, we were doing camps, like, my teenage years in the church, at least, were pretty fun. There's always, you know, temptations to, I think, maybe the biggest thing that came up during that time was, like, pornography. I think, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I remember on a footy camp, we went out, I was playing rugby for, uh, yeah, I was playing rugby at the time, and some of the boys were looking at something and you know I was just like okay um, but I think that was maybe the biggest thing that came up uh, yeah. when I was a teenager um, that was yeah around so there was always alcohol and stuff there um, but yeah no I, I, I was blessed a lot of activities happened as a teenager a lot of things to keep me Busy and doing good things, so. Um, yeah. Okay. And we had moved. So, what, what, what was that, sorry, Mohanra? And we had moved to Innisfail, so it was kind of a little country town, not much going yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so let's let's uh, fast forward a little, yeah, bit. A little bit. When you yeah. were 18 or 19, I guess. How you decided that you were going to serve as a missionary for the church? How did that come about? Oh, how did I? Yeah, well, um, from a young age, I think I'd always hear stories of um, my uncle Ben going to Salt Lake and uh, just talking about his mission all the time, and looking, you know, telling us all the things that he. Just the spirit of it sounded pretty fun to me. So from a young age, I wanted to go. I'm 18 now. I'm 19. I started working on banana farms straight after high school um, because okay. that was a, a good way to get money. But also my neighbor, she she saw me cut cutting lawns, and she's like, "Man, like, I think you could work on my farm." I was like, "Okay, sweet." So I jumped on her farm, started working for a couple of months, and the road to get into my mission, um, yeah. It was, it was a struggle, uh, but we got there just because there had been things that I had messed up in doing as a teenager or things that I struggled with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think just repentance, man. I, got, I had to get back to repenting, and I got ready, and then I left on my mission. And 
and in 2016, I got my call, and I was headed out to Japan, Tokyo South Mission. Okay. okay. And paid for okay, it because uh, Bananas that's... helped out. Okay. So you funded your mission yourself with uh, yep. all your work on the banana farm? Fantastic. So, uh, would you say at the time you you put your uh, uh, missionary recommendation in, would you say that you were a, you had a strong testimony of the of the gospel of the restored gospel at that stage? Yep. Yep, I did. And 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 what what point did you feel that you had? your own testimony of the gospel and you weren't perhaps just relying on your parents or uncles and aunties or grandparents testimony that you actually felt within yourself that you knew it was all true oh. i can't pinpoint one moment in my life there have yeah. been moments yeah. where the spirit has spoken to me and said look this is true Moments when I'm sad, moments when I'm happy, moments when things are going well. So, like, I remember, you know, being lonely as a kid. I was I was the oldest, and I was the only child. Because we moved a lot, I was the only kind of... My my other brother's eight years younger than me, so I was alone for about eight years. No one else to really play. I, mean, I, had, I had my parents, but I remember one day just running out to the field and just feeling lonely, and I was crying, praying to Heavenly Father, and he's like, look, I'm here for you. And I was a kid. And so I also remember going to the temple and the same kind of feeling like he's saying he was here. Um, and I was like, okay. So I don't think it's any one moment, specific moment, even FSY. I remember going there, studying my scriptures one, one afternoon while all the boys were playing outside and I got my answer. So, um, yeah, moments and examples in my life, but mainly little moments here and there yeah okay that, that's, that interesting. that's interesting yeah yeah and so uh and you so, uh, went to japan via uh, the mtc in provo i'm guessing to learn japanese before you went there yeah 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 good memory there i loved it man everyone was talking so bad about the mtc or like they were saying like oh it's bad or it's like the food is trash but if anyone knows me, I can throw down anything, you know, mostly anything. So, got to the MTC, it's all you can eat. I'm like, all right, send me there. But I was good. <laughs> the spirit of it all, you know, like, I'm, I was a kid that was raised alone pretty much in the gospel. Like, there was no one, well, I had people around me, but like, in the sense that when I went to school, not many members, when I went to church, it was only me playing the piano, giving the talks, and giving the sacrament. You know what I'm saying? Like, but here I go to a community or somewhere where there's so many members. They all want to be missionaries. Well, I found out not everyone wants to be a missionary there, but yeah, you know, just the feeling yeah. that I wasn't alone. Like, there's actually people that are excited about this as well. Like, it was. It just put me on a different level of excitement. Yeah, so it was a, a great experience for you, the Missionary Training Centre in Provo in Utah. And then off you went to Japan for two years, or the remaining of your two years. You would have spent, what, six weeks in, in Provo? 
learning Japanese? Nine weeks. Nine, nine weeks. Okay. Yeah. It, and it takes longer than nine weeks to, to learn Japanese. So uh, off you go to Japan. Yep. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your service in Japan. Uh, unique. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember uh, first day when we left FTC, getting ready to go to touchdown. I get off the plane and I just feel like I'm supposed to be here. Um, okay, it's like it's like it's work time. Like that's just what I felt. And I remember just nothing was in English. The people there was barely any like people that looked like me in Japan. I remember sitting on the bus. I'd look at the left window, I'd look at the right window, and they're just all Japanese. And I'm like, where am I? Like. <laughs> Where am I and what is going on? Like, who, what? So then we, yeah, we pull out. I remember we slept on these futons when I first got with these little beanbag pillows. I'm like, okay, okay, this is cool. This is cool. Um, and then my first lesson, talking to people wasn't a problem. I just went out there, konnichiwa, konnichiwa, hi, hi. I loved, I loved it. Like, um, but one of the biggest struggles, I think, was agency. The very first lesson I had was, I think it was the first. Can I go into this now or you got other questions? Yeah, that, go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Okay. First, uh, first lesson was with a recent convert. We go to this house, um, open up, up with a prayer, and then I introduce the message, and then he starts going off at me for introducing the message and he just got baptized and then uh he's like yelling at me kicking karate kicks right in front of my face and i'm just like dodging his kicks and then what? yeah exactly and then at the end of all of it in the ntc they teach us just to testify and i was trying to find something to testify of in this moment of people kicking me and like trying to kick me in the face and i was like dodging it and then i was like I don't know what's going on, but I love you, man. And then he just started kicking again and started screaming. I was like, okay, well, um, interesting. So we leave. Two weeks later, he removes his papers from the church. Um, I don't hear. Yeah. So I learned from an early stage in my mission that, con that conversion is like, it's a personal thing. It really mm. is. Yeah. Um, and it's a choice that you kind of have to make every day. Um, I found out that uh, that was one of the focuses of my mission actually was teach, teach repentance and baptize converts. So we were taught that, you know, make sure we're not just baptizing people to baptize people, but helping them on the road to conversion and helping them connect yeah. to Christ. So um, that was something that I valued on my mission. And then I just had fun. Got to see a lot of people pray for the first time. The religion out there is, they don't really have a set religion. They do believe in um, the Shinto, I think, and Buddhist. But a lot of the younger generation grow up either not having anything really and just saying there's really nothing out there for them. So we'll have to teach them who God is who the Heavenly Father is, who Jesus Christ is. And in the process, you know, we're reminding ourselves, okay, that's who God is. He's our Heavenly Father. 
That's who Jesus yeah. is. He's our Savior. And those are the two main cool. messages I learned from my mission. Okay. Was that Jesus Christ is our Savior and God yeah. is our Heavenly Father. Fantastic. So from that uh, first experience, that first uh, interesting teaching experience you had, it was all uphill from there, hey? It was it all got better. No, <laughs> absolutely no? not. Uh, no, like, um, there's, a, there's a lot of people there that struggled um, just because the environment they're in, like, it's, uh, you know, they don't, they're very honorable people. So they don't want to go yeah. against their culture. They don't want to go against their people. Yeah. And so being a Christian is kind of, it's out of, it's outside the box. It's outside the cultural norms, um, so to speak. Um, right, currently, I'm pretty sure. They are, historically, you know, it's not, it wouldn't be as bad, but because of things that have happened, yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. Um, I remember crying on my mission. Um, I remember disappointment on my mission. Um, but overpowering all of that was just the love of God. Like yeah. I knew that He loved yeah. His children and that yeah. He wanted them to hear the message. So just keep going. Yeah, fantastic. I think uh, look, I've, I've been to Japan. My wife lived in Japan for a couple of years. Um, I've, I've stayed with a family in Tokyo. I've been to church in Japan. Uh, so I know how different it is over there. <laughs> you know, I was only there for a week, I think. But it's it's a different society to what we're used to. But at the, at the, at the bottom of it, there are people there, there are families there, and they have a great love for each other. Um, and I, I, love, I love going to Tokyo. I'd love to go back and see the family who stayed was in Tokyo. Just wonderful people. Not members of the church, uh, but just wonderful people. Yeah, so yeah. love Japan. So let's move on. You came home from your mission. Uh, so you went in 2016. Did you come home in 2018? Yep. Uh, I came home March 2018. Came back to Innisfil. I left from Innisfil, came back to Innisfil. Yeah. Okay, and I'm guessing it wasn't long after that that you decided to go to Brigham Young University in Hawaii. Yeah, funny story. My companion on my mission actually invited me to go and consider going to BYU Hawaii. I'd never thought about college, never thought about university, um, but a simple invitation on my mission made me apply actually during my mission on P days. I would fill out forms and do stuff like that to get ready to go to BYU. Um, and then when I came home, I think the waiting period was five months. So I worked in that five months or six months. And then I got my, I got the call back saying, hey, you're going. But before that, there's a lot of doubt because it had been so long since anyone had gotten back to me. So I don't know if I was going or not, really. Um, yeah. But then I think three months later, because I had put, I, I had submitted my application before I left the mission, um, and then it had been like three or four months that I hadn't gotten any response, um, and then I got the response, and as soon as I got the response, I finished up my work, and I left. Okay, so, so we, we, we should just uh, tell people, I guess, who are listening, perhaps, and don't know if 
much about the church. Uh, Brigham Young University in Hawaii is a church-owned university. It's on the north shore of Oahu. Uh, so I, I can't really picture how big a facility is and how many students there are there, but uh, you know, it's a little LDS community on the north shore there. There's a, a temple there. Um, how did you find living there? You know, compared with living back here in, in Queensland. I loved it. Uh, I, I I used to call it my sacred grove because I was away from everything. It was just me on this island in the in the church university, and it was a good learning experience. Uh, but yeah, I call it. I, I like to, I like to think of it as a little sacred grove for me. Um, I loved it. The the beach is like five minutes away from the campus. The cultural centers there and the temple is like a 10 minute walk from where I stayed. So everything that I needed was uh, there. I loved it. It was, it was peaceful and yeah. pretty perfect. What were, Was there a highlight of your uh, four years at, uh, at university there? So many. I can't. I think the ending was nice just to say, like, I think that was a big highlight, just knowing that it kind of wrapped up all the highlights and it was worth it. Like I finished the degree um, and it was just like, okay, well you weren't just wasting your time here. Like you did something, you know? So, um, but yeah, there's so many highlights I can't from helping, you know, um, from the people that I met, the community out there serving in the community, um, yeah, there's not one thing that I can pinpoint above the other. Going to the temple, like the dances, cultural cultural presentations over there, there's so much. But I think the people were the highlight for me, just the people I was able to meet and the people yeah. that you make these connections with over four years. And I you still talk to them today. Like I, I called someone yesterday in the Philippines who went to the school with me in BYU and we're just catching up talking about life so i think the people would be my highlight yeah i think there's probably a lot of people that are tuning into uh this live uh instagram feed have you, have you seen the comments coming up there one one from drew gordon saying my brother miss you man did you see that hey what's up bro how you doing drew yeah i, I i'm not paying attention i'm just i'm just on the you're kind of on the back camera so i'm just you know, Right. Well, Mr. Okay. Drew. Okay. There's uh, there's a lot more people joining this uh, live Instagram feed than I've ever had, mainly because they're your friends, I think. Yes, yeah, it's the people, man. It's the people. Yeah. Cool. So anyway, so, let's, um, let's just talk about uh, coming back home to Cairns. They graduated from. BYU after four years over there, you've come back to Cairns. Uh, I had the, <laughs> the pleasure of being invited to your uh, welcome home uh, breakfast, um, which was just fantastic. I love being with your family there, and uh, that was the first time I met you. And, and just seeing you interact with your family there was fantastic. The love you have for your family, the respect that you have, you have for your elders, uh, it was just a wonderful experience. So you're back here in Cairns now, and uh, you, 
you've sort of lit up the church a little bit here in uh, in Cairns, I think, Mohan Road. I don't know. You you haven't noticed that because you were at the centre of it. Oh, you. I think you're a, a very good positive positive influence on um, the people around you. So, so, what are your what are your plans now, and how have you found coming back to Cairns after four years away? And what are your what are your plans for the future? Uh, I get this question asked a lot recently, but. Um... I think uh, coming back to Cairns, first of all, has been really slow, like a different pace. Like when you're at college and you're having all those activities, it's really fast and there's a lot going on. Come back here, there's still a lot to do, I think, but it's just like I'm just settling in. So um, the plan is I'm trying to save money, I'm trying to eventually get into the losing weight, like I've been hitting up the local gym, so um, I think uh, one of the one of the goals was definitely getting into the best shape that I've ever been in. Um, and then I think as far as career, just keep, I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating masters and where to do it. Um, I have my own business ideas as far as opening up uh, some, some work for counseling and youth work. So, but the main thing right now, I guess, is just to take it one step at a time and uh, get to the temple. I think that's my number one goal right now is focus on the temple, um, save money, and take care of my physical health as well. So, um, and I think all those other later on down the track options will get a little bit clearer as I focus on uh, getting the temple at the forefront. Okay, so I'm just going to backtrack a little bit to uh, your time in Hawaii uh, and, and look at it uh, on a spiritual level. How was how was attending church over there? How was how was your own faith? Did you did you feel your faith developed more from you know you served a mission? So obviously you're on a bit of a spiritual high still when you came home. Go to BYU. Was that a a good positive experience for you spiritually and 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 now coming home again is that a positive thing and and uh, you know we can hear the, the bad with the good I, i'm sure it's probably been mixed in in many ways yeah um learning growth i think that's if i could talk about faith tested like i don't think I think each phase of life comes with its own tests and challenges and trials. Yeah. Um, and that's what I experienced, I guess, in Hawaii. Like, the church over there is amazing. The people are, you know, amazing. Um, but, it, it, you know, um, serving, serving each other over there, like being in the church and being able to serve your fellow men, as far as your, your peers and your students, you get to see that everybody's struggling with something. It's not, um, you're not alone in your struggles and your, and your glory and their success. So um, one thing that I did learn is uh, I think judgment is God's. Like you can judge people all you want, but really serve them. See what they need. Yeah. Um, be there for them. And then that's when you really know who they are.
you won't know who people are by judging them. You're just making up a, an image in your mind. It's when you serve someone that you know who they, you know who they can be and you see as the Savior sees. So I think uh, there's a lot of service going on at, in the churches at BYU Hawaii. And it's from their peers. Like you've got 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds now that are high priests that are in the bishoprics, that are serving as, um, you know, outer school presidents, Relief Society presidents, ministering brothers and sisters. Like, if you don't serve each other, then it doesn't work. Zion doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you served in various callings uh, while you were there at church, or just one calling for the whole four years, or how, how did that pan out for you? Yeah, no, I, uh, I had the opportunity to serve in different callings. Um, yeah, it was good. I had a mixture of things that I got to do with it. So. Um, yeah. so you always had plenty to do as well as you study. Yeah, it's busy. It's busy. Always something to go to. But that's what makes it fun, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, it's funny though, like if you, you go there, you, if you go there, sometimes the, the students will complain, oh, there's nothing to do because the, the community we're in is kind of small. Um, but they try to put it on for us. Like they always have festivals or something going on, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Local artists that come and perform at school. So I don't know. They do pretty. I, I think it's cool. I think it's fun. Yeah. And, and you worked while you were there as well? Uh, yep. Yeah. What did, what did you do? Um, so my first job, I was in retail. Second job, I did tour guides. Um, in COVID. Oh, we've lost your sound, Mahonra. Can't hear you. Lost your sound. Uh, Can you hear me uh, Oh, that's better. We're back. Yeah. We just lost lost your sound for a few minutes. Oh, I think the notification came up saying that I had a, what do you call it? I had a, I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure if we missed what you said then or not. We were talking about what jobs you did at BYU, what work you had there. You, you, you worked as a tour guide in the Polynesian Cultural Centre, is that correct? I did. Shout out to the boss. Yep, Jimmy Mapu. Yep. Great. Great experience. Great experience. I loved it. You meet a lot of people there, man. And the culture is yeah. enriching, enriching. So, yeah, I love it. Fantastic. Okay, Mohan Roy, okay. we're sort of nearing the end of our time together right now. One thing I want to ask you, um, second last sort of question, I guess, to the young younger generation coming up in the church, the generation perhaps younger than you, your younger brothers and sisters, their friends, um, you know, your, your young cousins, uh, uh, you have lots of them here. What words of advice would you have for them? You can think about it for a minute, that's okay. Yeah.
coming soon once you can say anything. I think uh, not so much advice, just principle, you know. Um, I just remind reminding that God is their Heavenly Father, that yeah. they are children of God, uh, and that Jesus Christ is their Savior. Um, and if you follow the Spirit, and you just keep trying, things work out eventually, and you learn as you go. So um, just those fundamentals that God is their Heavenly Father, that they are children children of God, and that Jesus Christ is their Savior, um, the things that I would probably just remind them that that's it, you need to follow the Spirit. Yeah. Be a good boy, be a good girl. Great. great advice. Great advice. Great Thank advice. you. Is there, before I ask you to bear your testimony, which is how we like to finish off our interviews, are there any last things that you would like to uh, say to us? Nice. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the opportunity to remind me of the experiences that I've had. Um, and uh, grateful for repentance as well. Um, and the fact that we can, yeah, change because of Jesus Christ. And, and perhaps you might want to do a big shout out to your friends because I know you haven't seen all the people joining this, but... Uh, the last one is Kanaka Big J. My Bala, let go. Hey, my Bala, which way? The rugby starts so, up soon, boys. Good. So, uh, you've had a, yeah. a lot of friends come up. So, let me just uh, ask you, Mahonro, just before we close, if you could be your testimony, tell us about your <laughs> faith. In Christ, etc. The floor, the floor is yours. Okay.神様は私たちの天の天皇様ということを貸します。イエス様は私たちの救い主であるということを貸します。皆さんは神様の方であるということを知っています。人生の中にいろいろなチャレンジがありますけど、だけど救い主の教えを通して乗り越えることができるということを知っています。神様の助けを通して、いろいろな人間になることができるということを貸します。I know that uh, my Savior lives. I know that He reigns and He rules and that He has power to crush um, the head of the serpent. I know that uh, these things are true. I know that President Russell M. Nelson is a prophet of God and He has been called these days to lead and guide us. I know that the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. I know that revelation continues to exist in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and in the world. That revelation does exist because God 
does not cease to speak to his people. Um, I know that families are ordained of God. I know this church is true. I know because of the Savior, I can become a better man and I can repent and change. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Thanks. Thanks very much for your time today. It's been a pleasure having you on. And um, we'll get this uploaded to various other platforms. Be available on, on podcast, YouTube, Facebook. So thanks again. If you if you have any uh, any friends, uh, someone someone recently asked Ezra Iuli, just uh, asked if you could come on live. But uh, you, you tell me about Ezra and who he is, and we, I might talk to him as well. <clears throat> but, That's my cousin. Uh, if you have Ezra. Okay. Um, if you you know anyone if anyone is on this food and have they have an interesting uh conversion story to tell or growth story to tell about their membership in the church i'd like to hear from you i'd like to interview you and uh get your story out there thanks again mahonrai and we will see you on sunday see you later